Welcome to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop, the podcast where we help you harness your intuition, your personal power, so that you can live a magical life. Hi, welcome to another episode of Moonday Mystic. Today we are talking with Pamela Chen. I don't know if you guys have seen her on Instagram or follow her work, but she is a beautiful beaming light in the world. She is a psychic business mentor, a money manifesting coach, a maker of multiple decks published by Llewellyn, and I'm sure she does so much more that we're going to learn about today. Keeping with the theme of November, we're going to have a discussion about prosperity, abundance, manifestation, um, and I'm very excited to get a different perspective on all of these topics with Pamela. So thank you and welcome. Hi, Kelly. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. So just to start, I would love to learn a little bit about your relationship to money in the past and how that has changed for you over the years. Sure. My relationship with money has changed a lot. (laughs) I moved out. I moved out at a very young age. So around the age of 16, 17. So I had to go to school, high school, and also work two jobs to pay rent. And when you move out, I don't know if you know, but we have to pay for like toilet paper and toothpaste (laughs) and all the things. And so at that time, it wasn't like my life was bad, but it was just, I didn't have money. And, you know, a lot of things came up around money blocks. So I decided that I wanted to make a lot of money to make my life easier. So I started going to a lot of psychics because I wanted to know how can I change my life? Like I was looking for that. And I met this one psychic who was also my first um, magical mentor. So she was also a witch and she taught me my first money magic. And I really, I saw a difference. Money started to come in. I got better jobs. And from there, I just started to learn everything I can about magic, about money, about manifestation, because nobody taught me those things. So I was like, okay, if nobody's going to teach me, I'm going to go out and learn it myself. And this was back in the early 2000s. So there was no Instagram. There was no YouTube stuff. There was nothing. And so you just have to find people or find books. (laughs) Very different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like you were really young. Like this was young for you. You started early. I I did start early. Yeah, I did start early. I think it wasn't until like I was like, oh, I need money. (laughs) Then I, you know, I started to do stuff. Uh, I got I moved to Las Vegas from Hawaii. And from here, I got really good jobs, but I was hustling a lot. I was working four jobs. I was making good money and I was 21. And I just remember that there was just something more. I guess there was something more for me and I was called to go to this holistic fair and these, all these women were surrounding this crystal booth and they were picking up the bracelets and we're like, this energy is so good. And I was like, I want to try. So I went and I couldn't (laughs) feel anything. I was like, what are they talking about? So from there, my first Reiki teacher, psychic mentor, she saw me and she's like, you need to work with me. Not in a creepy way, but she was really nice, like this English lady. And I was like, okay, I will. And I just kind of developed, you know, how to work with energy. What is energy? And that added to, you know, the magic. I think I was doing magic, but I didn't understand energy. It was very different. 
And so from there, just like things kind of started coming together for me, I guess. And I was able to quit my job a few a few, few, few years later, you know, with, and be able to do my business online without having to hustle anymore. That's really interesting. I had a similar situation when I stepped into my psychic gifts. Um, to me, it was really overwhelming and I prayed and asked for a teacher and I, similar to you, I just happened to, I was experiencing angelic presences and I saw a flyer in a coffee shop that said angel circle. And I was like, well, I'm seeing angels. And I went there and that was the first psychic or like spiritually minded person like that I'd ever met. And she just pointed right at me and she was like you. And she confirmed, you know, what angels I was seeing. And she's, she became a mentor of mine. And so I just, I just wanted to validate what you said. So other people can also ask for it, like ask the universe for a teacher, because sometimes that's what you need to kind of set you on the right path. And we're still in contact, you know, like so many years later. Yeah, yeah. I think for me also what shifted was once I learned the magic for myself and realized that I also had the magic in me and the power, I stopped going to so much psychics. Like I didn't need to know anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's what I loved about, it sounds like what your teacher did and the person that I worked with did was they were teaching the tools. And I think that's what you do with your work now. And maybe for all we know, I didn't even put this together, but because we had those experiences of people empowering us with tools and practices, both of us are in the business of like, here's the tools, here's the practice. Now you have your experience of it. Yes, because I I truly believe that if I was able to do this, anybody can. They just don't know how yet. They might not have learned the tools. Yeah, for sure. So generally, why do you think that money is such a sticking point with so many with so many of us? I think it was just um, the, I think it was like societal programming and the collective consciousness have these beliefs around money. And it is from generations, generations back. And we're living in a very different, you know, time right now. And we can make millions of dollars online or thousands of dollars or whatever with your passion. And I think back then people couldn't, right? And there is a lot of beliefs also in your family about money and how you're growing up. So of course, when you have all of those beliefs surrounding you, whether it's in your programming, your mind, your ancestral bloodline, whatever, it's going to affect your decisions in life. So I know that for me, uh, it was like money is hard to make. It's hard to make money. You have to work hard for money. And that was my belief for a long time. I was scared to let go of one of my four jobs because I was, I thought, what if I get fired in the other three? I don't know. It was like a crazy thought, right? And so Mm -hmm. if we're able to really clear, if we're aware of what is blocking us first, we have to be aware of what, you know, realize what is there and then we can clear it. Then you can make room for new beliefs that actually supports you on the path to what you desire. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's There's like the pros and cons of the fact yeah. that we're living in a different time. And what's really interesting about this different time that I didn't have conversations with my parents about purpose, about making money in a way that is fulfilling. Like no. my parents just went to work. They both were in the same field, basically their entire careers. And um, money was a means... I don't know what it was for them, actually. I should probably have those conversations. And now we're having more conversations in our generation of solopreneurship, entrepreneurship, 
and how to earn money in a way that um, allows us to get in touch with what lights us up and what's fun. And this is the first time maybe that that's happened from for a mass population. Yeah, I think we're just so lucky right now to have be able to use social media and to get like thousands of people to see us without having to pay tens of thousands of dollars for a billboard. Or, you know, when I started out Mm -hmm. trying to do business in 2010, I had to go to like uh, Whole Foods or Starbucks and post (laughs) You posted on the yeah, flyers, board, right? And it was like Reiki tonight or whatever. I don't know. And you're just only dependent on the people in your community that might or might not see that bulletin, right? So mm-hmm. now I think we're so lucky and I'm so grateful for social media. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then do you think that when you wanted money, you know, you realized the responsibilities of taking care of yourself. Do you think you wanted money or do you think that you wanted freedom or like what does money mean mean to you or to people when that you work with I think there's different levels of what meanings money mean to you so in the beginning it was for survival right I needed money right. to just survive to pay my bills to pay rent to get food um to buy for things to support my life and when you get that taken care of then you get into another level um like one of my clients she was a single mom she had she couldn't get a job like she went to every interview and she couldn't get a mm. job for some reason and so she manifested the money to which I'm going to show you at the end the exercise that I shared with her she manifested oh, cool. the money to first work with me. And within a year or a year and a half, she now has like an $80,000 job from home. Uh, She bought a new house and now she's able to manifest. And she did manifest a Disney trip for the entire family instead of just like trying to survive. But I do need, I do I do think that money doesn't mean just like the money, like having, you know, 10,000 in the bank. It really means the experiences, what you can experience Mm -hmm. in life and who you truly are. Like everyone talks about being authentic and that really depends on money, right? Because if you're like, okay, if I am doing this thing, being this thing, wearing this thing, you know, my hair, I feel really, really me when I have colored hair. But if I don't have the Mm -hmm. money for it, am I really choosing who I am in real life? Oh, that's interesting. So money could mean choice. Money can mean provide a way to express yourself. And then I love what you're saying about experiences that you want to have. It's true. If you want to have, you know, if you want to go on these beautiful vacations or whatever, you definitely need the money. Um, What I've noticed is looking at some of your posts and in your website is that you are very specific with words and how you phrase things. And it's really dynamic the way that you choose your words. So before we get too far into this, can we define um, a couple of phrases so that, um, you know, just we're all on the same page and how you're discussing things. So I loved this phrase, sacred wealth energetics. Tell me more about what that means to you. So we actually, I forgot where we did this, but we did like a test with like an aura photo. And so we would say different words and take pictures. And when people said money or wealth, it was like a lower vibration. And it was like all, Mm. it was weird, like for some people, right? Well, it's not weird, we know. And when we added like divine money, happy money, you know, higher energy, higher frequency words before money or wealth, then it actually, I think it switches their mind and their energy and it feels better for them. 
Oh, that's so cool. So is that similar to like money codes, divine success, sacred wealth energetics? You're just phrasing it in a way that that isn't as we're not as trained. Like when I, because even when I read it, I like perked up in a different way. I was like, wait, what's that? As opposed to if you would have just said like abundance, I'd be like, okay, I get, you know, I've heard that word before. Yes, yes. So it's in it's like positioning money in a way that feels really good to you instead of how money felt to the collective or to you before. That's so interesting because I do hear sometimes people say words like uh, abundance, prosperity, manifestation. And to me, sometimes it feels like coded language, like Mm -hmm. they're afraid to say money. (laughs) It's like, you know, you're like, just like, we need the money. Like, yeah. like that's what we're we're actually seeing, but we come up with all these other phrases. And this is the first time I thought like, maybe that is a workaround for people's psyche. Um, and I'm wondering, I guess then should everyone like our listeners, could they consider how they talk about money or coming up with their own phrasing that might feel more empowering than just the word yeah. money? Wow. Yeah. That would be really beautiful if you come up with your own money phrase that feels really good for you. And I think that would be a very, very powerful practice. And just, you know, I think it was because I used to ignore money, right? Like I used mm-hmm. to have like the credit card bills, right? And I didn't want to look mm-hmm. at it. I wouldn't look at it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we can't, if money is energy, it's like anything else. So what you focus on is what you call in. So if you're ignoring money, good or bad, then we're ignoring that flow of energy coming in and out. So I think it's really important for us to recognize money, honor money, love money, like money, whatever it is that you want to do with money. So more will come in so that you can have the experiences. It's just energy. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I love it. What you're saying too, about focusing and paying attention to the the credit card builds. I was, we're doing a whole month of these conversations with four different experts. It's so fun. And the conversation I had yesterday with Remy Donovan, um, his book is Prosperity Practices. In his book, there's a whole chapter about like looking at your numbers, know your numbers. Like we keep on burying them, and and I've had that too. And what's also very empowering about knowing your numbers, good or bad, is like you can start making decisions to make a change, and you and it's it's really empowering. But yeah, I also have been on the other side of that where it's been like I don't want to look, I don't know, you know, I don't want to, yeah. I don't know, it's spooky or something because it seems insurmountable or taboo, or we don't have the skills to know how to handle it. Exactly. And I think we just have to remember that whatever has happened in the past and where you are right now doesn't determine your future. So whatever Mm -hmm. money you have in your bank or the debt that you owed, it doesn't determine what your future can be. Actually, right now, the things that you do determines your future. So you can make better money choices. You can now look at your money and you can create wealth from now. And it's really powerful because if you saw where I was, (laughs) you would never think where I am now. You know what I mean? If I got stuck there, like this is how my life is. I don't have the education. I didn't even go to college. I don't know business, all of these things. And they're just stories that we sometimes tell ourselves because it was true, but we don't want to stay stuck in the past. For sure. For sure. Now, another thing that I thought was very interesting on your site that I wanted to learn more about was you said that there's a unique money blueprint for each person. And so my question to you is maybe you can define that. And then also, are these blueprints so unique that every person is going to be different, like a thumbprint, you know, or are there sort of different categories that people might fall into that are a little more universal, maybe more like traits of zodiac signs, and there's only 12 of them. Like, what's the deal with that? 
So I think there's a unique way that we manifest our money and everybody is different. So when I coach my spiritual entrepreneur clients, some of them can be like, okay, I want $100,000 and manifest from there. But some people need to manifest, okay, I need 25 clients. So again, it's like with the wording, right? With the meaning behind all of that. And some people might be, wow, the money is like kind of keeping them stuck when they're focused on money, when they're focused on manifesting that. But when they get specific on the clients that they desire coming from a more service-based, maybe heart-centered, mm -hmm. then they're like, wow, yeah, I'm ready to serve 30 clients. That feels good. So there's different ways that you can manifest money. Uh, if I, me and my business partner, Alex, we actually work with Vedic astrology. She's the expert, but we mm, brought it into I love our, Vedic. <laughs> I love Vedic. Yeah. yeah. So we brought mm -hmm. it into our business coaching. And what we have found is that if you're on your purpose, your dharma, and you can see it in your chart, then you will be abundant. You will make money in your business. So she looked at mine and mine was business, money, and luxury. And I was like, oh, and hers was spirituality. And how we found this was because we were merging our business. She was actually one of my clients and she created her own certification modality and we merged our business. And when she was trying to help me launch my um, money program, she felt weird talking about it. And she just didn't feel right talking about money, even though she loves money. And then what happened was we looked at the chart and it said, if she talks about money, she actually repels people. And in her chart, she talks about spirituality. So when she talks about money through spirituality and through sharing stories, then that's when people will be attracted naturally. Your aura just will magnetically draw the clients to you. So that's what we discovered like a couple months ago. That's really cool. And so that you would put into that person's money blueprint. So it sounds like yes. you find information from yes. different areas. You look at your astrology, you look at, you know, your your, I don't know, your desires. Chakras. And it sounds like you're, oh, okay. Okay. And then that's how you, oh, that's so interesting that I would be very curious to, uh, to see what mine looks like regarding that. Um, that's really, really cool. So, okay. So I'm now thinking about, okay, these money blueprints and you're talking about like people's charts and stuff. So would that have to do with why some people come into this lifetime with no issue with money? They're born into wealth. It's like an easy street for them. They don't even have to be good people. Like I can think about a lot of people who have a lot of money that aren't heart centered and aren't in integrity and they're filthy rich, right? Yeah. And then there are really great people who are like so pure and so kind and maybe struggle with money. Would you say that has to do with maybe part of their money blueprint or their I astrology? Definitely. Definitely. It yeah. would be what you're here to learn, what you're here to express, what you're here to um, give back in, in your mission, in your dharma. And I think there's always, there's, I mean, it's not just like one thing, right? It's like the whole thing. Um, but maybe we want to look at it from like a really higher perspective of like your entire soul's life. Like what is mm -hmm. important to you? And sometimes when we're doing one thing, like I've had clients who they were doing one thing and they were making good money and all of a sudden no money. And it's because they were off track. They weren't on their dharmic path. They weren't on their purpose. So they kind of kicked them back here. And when they were able to, through coaching, find what it is that their mission is, and then they started to be abundant again. And actually having what they done before actually helped them on this path. So I think nothing that ever happens to us is a coincidence, right? Everything is for a reason, and it's all going to add up and make sense.
Yeah, for sure. I want to second what you've said. And I've coached a lot of people through the, through career transitions that they're like, well, you know, there's totally seeming like it's off base and they're going in a totally different direction. But then you see how along the way, every skill they learned is a value. There is no wasted time. And I will say the same thing for myself. You know, I, I had a background in marketing um, and that's in launching products and getting people excited, like groups of people excited about things. And, um, you know, even though I went into reading and products and modern mystic shop, all of those, like building the brand was so easy for me because I've had those experiences and it's just very natural. So for those of you who are listening that are trying to make some career shifts that seem like it might be huge, I would recommend, and maybe you can tell me another tip, but writing down all of the skills that you've gained with each and every uh, past experience and maybe even highlighting what parts of those jobs that you really enjoyed and seeing how that can be transferable or leveraged for the pivot because it's probably not that far away. Of, I actually of, just told like doing. I told three people just to do that recently because oh, um, really? they're you know they're trying to find their niche in their business and I have what's called like an activating niche and what I call a soul niche. So your soul niche is your purpose. And I didn't know it was my soul niche until, you know, Alex really confirmed it in Vedic astrology, but we were already on this path for two to three years. But before that, my activated niche for me to just get started somewhere online business was crystal magic. I taught crystal magic for a long time. I had the crystal shop online and then it was teaching magic and manifestation. And that led to me taking so many business courses and helping my friends launch their business, making so much money. They were like, you need to teach business. But I wasn't making money. I was making a thousand dollars and I was like, how can I teach business if I didn't make money in my business? They're like, you just helped me make $100,000. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I think there's like these activating niches that gets you to your soul niche. Oh, I love that because I have some, um, yeah, I have a lot of clients that are in two places. One, they're clients that have finally taken the leap to leave like the corporate job or the whatever, and they're finding their... They're, they're trying to align their business with their purpose. And then there's that gap between, like usually most of the time these people have saved like a year's worth of money, right? And they're like, okay, I'm going to give myself a year as a buffer. But then they start to get a little bit nervous and wishy-washy in that leap. So I guess I want to, is there any advice for people? I have two, I have a follow-up question to that too, but is there any advice for those people who have already taken the leap um, and the money hasn't shown up yet because it takes some time sometimes. Yeah. What would you tell those folks? I'd say you just in the beginning, because you're starting like a new niche, you're kind of starting at the bottom again, not at the bottom, but you're starting something new. And so the way that you do things is going to be a little bit different than what you did before. So I call it like breaking the client seal you know, like break that seal. Your first client is probably the hardest clients to get. So just do what feels good to you to get that first client in, whether it's not charging a lot and just charging, you know, what you feel good about and just get them in and talk to as many people as you can. It's not about posting and that is marketing, but nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows what you're doing. And that's just the truth. We're new and nobody does. It's about contacting um, 
people that you already know maybe and say, hey, I'm doing this new thing. Would you like to try it out? And then word of mouth is going to spread and you're going to be showing up and they're going to be like, wow, Kelly just changed my life. And they're going to tell their people. And then you can start then raising your prices and all of that. So it's not really about, I do teach high ticket, but it's not about coming out and just be like, okay, I'm worth $5,000. I'm going to charge this. It's really about you like still working up that energy and your money. I think a lot of times we see like overnight successes on the internet, right? On social media. But guess what? They probably put like 10 or five years behind that. We just haven't seen it, what the work they put into it, right? And and so, yeah, come out. I actually didn't quit my job until I tripled my income three months in a row. So I didn't take the, so you don't have to quit your job to be an entrepreneur. I think you can, you can still build your business while you're working your job and your job will just fund. It's like your passion money, your job funds your passion. And so you don't have to, you know, get freaked out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think, I think people are brave sometimes when they do take that leap. I mm-hmm. often encourage folks Um, my rule of thumb for myself was like, if you can make half of your salary, so you went way over than what I would, if you can make half of your salary, I believe the universe will provide the other half. Like if you can, if you go halfway, the universe meets you halfway. And by the end of the year, I feel like you'll get to at least where you were and then you start building. But yeah, I've had a few clients that just took the full jump. I think it was, I I think it was just COVID maybe. And like, just really understanding like this job isn't serving me and I'm having a hard time getting in a high frequency place while doing this every day. Uh, And they took that leap. Um, I love what you're saying about just offering your services. That's how, I mean, that's exactly what I did. wasn't planning it, but that's exactly what happened to me. I started doing just free Instagram readings. Like if you want me to pull a card, I'll like DM me and I'll give you a reading. And then people started asking for actual readings and then people started asking, telling their friends and then it just grew from there. So I definitely know that that approach is what, what worked for me. Um, My second question is um, I do have some people in business that sometimes they get, I don't know if it's analysis paralysis or they're just like that first step, that breaking the seal, like you said, that first like just to get the momentum going is the hardest. Do you have any tricks or techniques that you use for people just to like take the first tiniest step? The first tiniest step. Yeah. I think it really is to get a coach and have the right, have the right strategy. So I do believe that all like almost all proven strategy does work, but sometimes we get taught strategy that is not at our level. So people starting at that first step, they might be getting strategy from other people who've already made six figures, but that's not the same strategy. That's not the same building strategy. So I feel like you need you need to find the strategy for you at that level. And just to make it, just to go and um, I, I do think, you know, having, having you right there supporting them and having a group or having some kind of coach support you and keep you accountable was what helped me, right? Now I have the information, now I have the wisdom, my coach is there uh, sharing with me what I can do. And so you, you take action, right? It's easier than you doing it, like reading a book and doing it yourself. I don't know even yeah. know if I could do that. Yeah, for sure. And I would agree with you in my experience too, regarding groups. I love the idea of coaches and I, I don't have a lot of, I haven't had a lot of coaches in my life, but I have had teachers and I think it's mm. a similar relationship. And then I love the group work. 
um, right now I'm teaching 40 people how to read tarot together. And the big part of that is like you're in cohorts and you're, yeah. you know, you're, we're working together as a group. And I have found, and I preach this all the time. Um, and maybe because I have a lot in my 11th house of like community and groups or whatever, but I transform faster with others. You get in a current together. And I'm, I found that everyone rises to the, to the level of the leader. It's not the, the you're always told like, the slow one is like the pace that you're at, but no, it's like, yeah. I feel like everyone gets swept away with whoever's doing the best. And it's sort of like a cheat code. Yeah, no, it really is because we're sharing frequency and codes with each other. So you as already the coach or the teacher that's already mastered something, you're sharing those codes with your clients and they're getting, they're getting it. Even, even if you're not really speaking all of them, but they're getting it through the frequency. And I love in groups because it's like portal of possibilities where you see someone achieve something and you're like, wow, they did it. Now I can do it. It's possible for them. And I love it when people come into the business program and they realize that everybody is really where they are at because before that they just think like they're really special and they like don't know anything and they're the only person that is like that I'm like no this is everybody we start somewhere we have to start somewhere yeah I love that I love group work um okay I just want to pivot at another question that I had is do, do you work with people about their sense of worth and have you seen a correlation between people's self-worth and their ability to manifest money? Yes. So remember what I talked about earlier, like breaking the seal, getting your first client. So money and like when you launch and what you make, it doesn't determine your worth. So we have to remember money does not determine your worth. Your bank account doesn't determine your worth right? You determine your worth and you can set the standard and then have the energy flow to you. So I do, we do tons of stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, mindset reprogramming for that. And, and then we work with the energy and then we learn how to like really embody the newest version of you. I call it the highest level of you. So I I do work a lot with the quantum in the future, your future self, and really aligning to the vision of who you are instead of who you are now. So if I make, if I want to change, I have to make different decisions. I can't come from who I am or else my future is going to be the same. So whether I'm investing in a program, let's just say it's a lot of money and I'm really scared and I didn't have the money. This has been passed, right? I didn't have the money for it. You know, I could charge it, but it was still, I didn't have the real cash for it. And I was like, wow, should mm -hmm. I do this? But as a highest level version of me, who's already there, I felt it in my heart. This is something that I would do. And mm -hmm. right now, I, I probably will say no because I'm here stuck. So I tap into that highest version and I make the decision. And I do believe that's how it got me here so fast. Yeah, for sure. I love that future self idea and tapping into that higher self. Um, there's so much wisdom there. And there's you're, when you talk about exactly the quantum field, um, the past, present, and future are irrelevant. It's all sort of simultaneously happening. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and I also would recommend for people to take themselves through some of these exercises of trying to connect with your future self. I do um, on the winter solstice every year, I, I lead a group through a future self meditation where yeah. we call them in and people write letters to themselves um, one per quarter. And it's just incredible mm-hmm. the the foresight that you're that people and they read it there. They cannot believe like there are people that predicted pregnancies or, you know, like job changes or these massive shifts in their life. And it all came from them going back to what you were saying about not seeing psychics as much or just like with having it within you. Mm-hmm. Um, little exercises like that kind of help you with the belief that you do know and you can access that quantum future self. And they're usually, I mean, always actually like the source of you is never afraid. They're always seeing the biggest vision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's like everyday choices too. So uh, you have to really be aware if you're really resistant and something that you don't want to do or if you're resisting it because it's going to change you. So a lot of my yeah. clients, and I teach organic social media marketing, so I don't teach ads. You don't need ads or a website. And so a lot of them are, you know, they don't want to be, they're still scared to be seen. And they they have some kind of excuse or story around social media, but that's how they want to make money. And so when we do um, a lot of things that I teach them is when they make that decision, right? Okay. So is it because you don't want to go on social media because you don't like it or is it because you're scared, but your higher self would do it? And then they were like, yeah, I would, I would be on social media all the time if I was making seven figures. I'm like, okay, then that's your answer. That's your answer. Yeah. Uh, that's such good. That's such good advice. And just the day-to-day decisions of like, what would my wealthy self choose? You know what I mean? Like in this moment, because if you make, yeah, you're right. Like if you make decisions from where you are now, you're going to stay where you are. (laughs) Yeah. I actually do like little, so there's like little stuff that I really do to amplify that energy and stay in that frequency. So matcha to me is really rich. (laughs) I think it's just because it's green. It's in a little can and it's like $25. You know, I'm like, wow, when I drink matcha, I am so rich. So when I drink matcha and I choose to drink it daily, then I'll be like, wow, I'm so rich right now. So you can choose Mm -hmm. to do stuff yourself. Yeah, totally. They're luxury practices. It's like when you wear certain things or like, there's a perfume that makes me feel just like so luxurious and I just smell I just feel like I just smell like a queen or something like that even I mean it is an expensive perfume it's like a couple hundred dollars but if you only do that one it lasts like two years right Right. so it's like you know and every day I put it on it's almost like anointing my queendom right and and then when every once in a while someone will be like you smell so great I'm like you know it's just it's like such a nice uh energy It is, but sometimes it does, you do have to make difficult choices because, so the other day I was doing, you know, I was doing my own visioning and I was like, oh, I would do this skin product that my cousin suggested, but it was expensive and I I, I was putting it off. And then I did my visioning and then she was using the product. I'm like, damn, okay, I gotta go get it now, right? You're like, okay, okay. So there, sometimes you do have to leap and take that step into something uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And it could be these little things. It doesn't have to be like you go out and buy, you know, a Louis Vuitton bag, the first step, you know, it's like, what are these smaller ways to feel rich? And then also it's like, 
I also feel like it's luxuriating in in a lot of experiences that you have. And there's a lot of those sort of experiences that don't cost money or low or low cost, but still like taking a bubble bath might make someone feel like really rich yes. and luxurious or whatever. So there's other, there's different levels depending on where, where you are and your comfort. Um, so I hear you talking also a lot about like sort of beliefs and mindset sort of shifts. So part of my practice then um, what's in, in my book is that, you have to have insane belief. I call it insane belief. Like it's just, un, you just, you just know it. So are what, like how, are there ways that you help people like really ground these new beliefs about themselves and how, cause sometimes people are, don't want to think that they're lying to themselves or have their head in the sand. And I'm kind of like, if lying, if putting your head in the sand actually makes you higher vibrational, like Maybe that's not the worst idea. Yeah. What do you think about that? I definitely 100% agree. I just, I tell myself, my clients, I'm brainwashing myself <laughs> to my most uh, highest level self because that's what you're really doing. You're getting brainwashed from all of the commercials, all of, you know, TV, radio, everything. So what if instead we do something that benefits you in what you want instead? Yeah. So there is actually, and they can go out and get this. I love, there's a think up applicate app and it's you record your own voice saying affirmations and you listen to it so now it's your own voice talking to yourself so that is a really easy practice for people um with my clients i use i love using akashic record hypnosis i do it together and it's really powerful and of course mm. I that's work probably with, a trippy experience oh, as a client. oh yeah <laughs> it, it is yeah so I discovered like this way to like change my voice and the tone. It sounds really weird. So when people first start working with me, they actually start laughing, but it gets them into that hypnotic state. And then we go up to the records and we activate their theta brainwave. And it's just like instant manifestations. It's crazy. And, you know, you can clear, you can manifest things. Um, but if you don't upkeep, right, like an oil change, then stuff is going to start come back again, because we're getting brainwashed every single day with other people's beliefs. So you always have to clear. And then you can also add whatever it is that you desire once you have that space open. Yeah, I love what you're saying about recording your own voice and listening to those affirmations. There, I forgot what, there's some yogic teaching that's about like falling in love with the sound of your own voice Voice. or your sound current. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's so funny. So I'm in the process of recording a meditation album. And so I'm listening to it back. And for everyone else, it's not going to be the same experience, but it is profound to meditate to yourself. Like I'm guiding myself through these meditations. Um, And I even say the same thing, you know, with um, the ritual steps in my book, you know, sometimes it's a pain to like look at you know, like where, where are we now and like go 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 into it I also recommend people do that too it's like because uh, there's like a self-hypnosis piece to that and just record it before you do the ritual and guide yourself and then play it back that is so powerful I'm so glad that you brought that to this conversation yeah because uh. it's our own voice spinning in our heads anyway right Right, right. Ah, that is so good, Pamela. I feel like everyone needs to do this. Yes. <laughs> I feel like of all the things, like this is, it's, this it's is works. Easy. It's, yeah, it's easy and easy and it works. Um, So I would love to hear any sort of like miracles that you've personally experienced um, through some of these quantum shifts that you've made for yourself. I think that's really inspiring for folks to hear about some of these miraculous happenings. Yes. So I think the first one where I really believed in magic 
was when I was still really poor and my car broke down and I needed a thousand dollars to fix it. And I was like, where am I going to get this thousand dollars? And, you know, I was kind of sad. And then I did some magic. I went to sleep and I think it was like the next day, literally the next day, I got a check in the mail from another job that I had that didn't pay me yet for a thousand dollars. And I was like, whoa, magic and money magic is real. <laughs> so that was yeah. Like my really, yeah, aha miracle. And since then, I've seen so much miracles and not just in, not just money, but things that happened into my life. Um, but the big one was when our business took a jump and, and I did show up, do a lot of work. It wasn't just, I was sitting and watching Netflix, but our business went from making like $2,000 to 8,000 then 15,000 and 30,000. It was just like, we're wow. And it was a lot of the energy. It was energy work that I was doing, I think to support the strategies. And so I thought that was very powerful. I do remember one time I was trying to manifest money and I did manifest it, but it was money in my account that I forgot about. So now I make sure to say it's like new money. <laughs> yes. I, I Miracles with money a lot of the time come from found money. I have, yes. I have experienced that with myself and other, or like all of a sudden like a tax refund or just like, like you're saying, like someone owed you money that you forgot about and it just comes in in the nick of time. That's so funny. The found money is really fun. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of my biggest like manifestations for like abundance, and it really does help my business is when I manifested my first debt contract. That was like a huge deal for me because I never went to college. I never learned how to write. The only reason why I know how to write is actually because I took like business coffee lessons. <laughs> and so I was okay. writing sales, I was writing emails. And so that was, that was really how I learned how to write. I feel like because English is still my second language, all of this. And I could have let all of that stop me, but it didn't, you know? And so that's why I really believe that anybody can manifest anything they desire. Yeah, I believe that. And I love what yeah. you're talking about, your decked contract. Um, I had a similar feeling with with when I got my book deal. It's like, it's it's something really cool. And I love seeing people like you and we've had Kim Kranz on the show and other people who are making these sort of mystical arts yes. mainstream. And like, I got the biggest kick out of the fact that like HarperCollins, who I believe is owned by Rupert Murdoch, is printing my witchy book you know what I mean and, and I love that idea of not just saying like shaming the system or corporations or whatever but using them as tools to get like our mission forward as because a lot of people you know say bad things about corporate America or whatever but you can also use these platforms I mean we're we're talking about social media we're using meta like the biggest so media company in the world to further our small businesses um it's like how you position it in your mind and how you can use them as tools as opposed to um enemies thinking those or something yeah, I really, I 100% believe that. I love, I love working with Llewellyn. I love working with Hay House. I love my publishing company. And I also do believe that we're shifting right now to um, get these light workers, these healers, these coaches, these magicians, you know, to have all the money. And that's why everyone's being called to step up and mm. maybe share their magic in some way. I think that's a really yeah, important shift. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I also think that the opposite works in a, and you may or may not agree with this, but sometimes I don't think that people are meant to leave corporate America necessarily. It's like we right. need to infiltrate those systems, right? So it's like, how can you bring your magic to this institution so that we can start crumbling some of these, um, I guess, institutions that are not serving humanity in the proper way. Like, how can we shine our light there instead of everyone leaving corporate America to be a yoga teacher? (laughs) You know, it's like, no, we need people like we need you operating from the inside and like making those shifts and changes. Yeah, that is really cool. I love that because, you know, when when we work on ourselves, we emit these, you know, new frequency. And when you can bring, what if you're bringing these positive vibes into your workplace and it's just kind of growing mm-hmm. and growing and then you'll hit the person next to you and they'll be like, I need to do yoga. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree. I agree. Um, so what are some fun, small ways that um, folks can play with this idea of manifesting money or prosperity or whatever we want to call it that's kind of low stakes? And I'm asking this because sometimes I find um, to build that belief system, we need to do it in a playful, fun way before we hit the serious stuff so that you can kind of build that belief in your intuition and yourself. Do you have any like fun tricks or tips to do it in low stakes ways as practice? Yeah, is this the practice I'm sharing? The the two. Extra- oh, well, well, it's a question, but we can. Uh, I will. Maybe this leads into the practice. So sure, let's do the practice. Yeah, I would always say go for something. I I never tell someone to like lower their dreams. Dream big, but it can be like a bridge to that bigger dream, right? Like if you want a seven figure business, but you're only making five hundred dollars, maybe your first goal could be. $1,000, right? And so with that, you have to pick a money amount that is stretchy, but it also feels good for you. So if it's yep. too big, we can block ourselves, right? We can't right. get it. How mm-hmm. am I going to get that money? All these things come up. But if it's too comfortable, then you're just going to stay in the same place and you won't really shift. So it has to be a little bit stretchy, and but also stay, also stay really able to hit it, like really tangible for you to hit it. Um, So make sure you pick an amount. And like I said, if you're working with clients and money is weird to you, you can change it to clients, right? I need 20. I want, I desire 20 clients. And so what I, I'm going to share you one of, okay, this, this has worked for a lot, a lot of people. I have shared it with people who doesn't know any magic and they would message me and they'd be like, wow, I made like $25,000 last week and I didn't even know how that happened. I've had people make $80,000. Like it's just crazy and it's really simple. So all you need is a wallet or your coin purse. You need your highest cash amount. I have a hundred, but you can do $5. You could do a dollar, 20, whatever you have. And you need cinnamon. So I have like a part of a cinnamon stick. You can use cinnamon powder. If you don't want to get your wallet dirty, you can wrap the cinnamon up in like a little saran wrap or plastic or something or paper. And so what you do is you could just put your cinnamon in your wallet and put the money, make sure the head is facing down. So I'm putting the money in like this. Okay. Put your money in your wallet. And you're just going to look at your money, really feel it though. You're not just only saying the word, but I want you to like feel it, right? Like, I love you. And you can say sacred money, divine money. I love you, divine money. Thank you so much, right? Thank you so much for my 
$1,000 that I earned or whatever you want to say. So you say it as if it has already happened and just close it up. And you could do this every single morning, every single morning. Okay. And you'll get into, you'll, you'll see, you're seeing, now you're looking at money, right? We're not ignoring money. We're building a really good relationship with money. Money feels safe. Money feels love and money wants to come to you. Oh, I love that. That is so sweet. And so when you say you do it every morning, do you mean you say that you talk to the money every morning or do you do the exercise with the cinnamon every morning? So you can keep the cinnamon in there and you can just open up your wallet and talk to and your look money. look at it. Yeah. Nice. I love that idea. That's so beautiful. And I love that you use cinnamon. I believe that, I mean, cinnamon is such a good attractor. Um, I t- well, you tell me why you choose cinnamon. Yeah, the same. Cinnamon is my money, my abundance attractor herb that I use in everything. And, you know, since we're in November, you can use pumpkin spice. It has like more herbs in there (laughs) for money. So I love using cinnamon for all of my money spells. Yeah, thank you. Same for me. So just to add to what you're saying about cinnamon, every morning I um, put cinnamon in my coffee and as I'm stirring it, I think about like abundance and like what I'm going to do today to like feel... Um, like with the business, because I usually ritualize it for my work day. And then also just like a shameless modern mystic plug. This is our lowest selling incense because all of our incense are these you have blends. A cinnamon but incense? I put, yeah, I put, I made cinnamon incense specifically for this purpose. And I feel like it's a sleeper. So I just I feel like it. I'm throwing it out there. Yes, I'll I send you it. some. I'm getting it. I'll send you some. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you some because cinnamon incense is so pure and so good for prosperity. And then also, I have found it's very good for ancestral work. So if you have ancestral mm. altars, like the ancestors love it. The money, you know, the money energies love it. But it's like, I just think I need to educate people more on money. I'm sorry, on uh, cinnamon. So thank you for bringing it to the forefront. Because I'm like, why is it? Why aren't people like they're sleeping on the cinnamon incense? <laughs> I need that. It's I need so that. I'm totally, yeah. Um, I have another exercise for them, too. It's really easy. Oh, also. tell me. And so where is my. OK, so you need a citrine crystal. So I okay. have this one. But I mean, you can just get like a tiny one. So okay. I actually I actually share this in like a Llewellyn conference online. And one of my clients now who's making $48,000 a month, she was from that conference and she was like negative in her bank account. She said she went Whoa. out with her last like $3 to buy a citrine crystal to do this. And then within in like the next, next two or three months, she like got a new job. She discovered her purpose. And now she's running like an amazing business. So this one works. Okay. Tell so me. what you do <laughs> is you just get your stitching crystal and whatever you make money on. So for us, it's probably our phone or our computer. And okay. so you just put it on your phone or your computer overnight. And you okay. ask, you don't even need to ask for anything. Just be like, hey, more clients come in. Thank you. Thank you, Citrine Crystal, whatever you want to say. I discovered this because my uh, my best friend, um, the one that I ran the Lunar Prosperity Crystal Shop with, mm-hmm. she one of, my, one of the cr- first crystals she gifted me was a citrine. And I remember at that time I was still doing like readings, you know, like with no online. So I don't know how I got my clients, but I put the Citrine <laughs> Crystal on my computer. And then that week I got like 10 new clients and I was like, where did these people come from? And I was like, it's the citrine. And then, um, I was like years later, I was in a retreat with a lot of my entrepreneur friends and I told them this and they did it that night. And one girl, I think she made like $20,000 that night. 
and another girl got like three new clients like immediately so i'm like this one does work also Okay, so we're going to get our citrine crystals on oh, however okay. we make money. I'm going to call Janine, my manager, and get citrine crystals on all our registers at Modernistic Shops. <laughs> and we will put this to work. I love that. Citrine is one of my favorite crystals. I'm not wearing it today, but I usually wear a citrine ring on my Jupiter finger for luck what? and expansion. Do? I'm doing it. Oh, my gosh. I wish I was wearing it right now. Oh. I always... I, I, I think because I didn't leave the apartment today, I forgot to put it on. But, yeah, citrine... So that's another, I I believe like citrine on your Jupiter finger is where it's at. Yes. Um, Jupiter is I'm a Jupiter. planet of rock I'm, expansion. I'm actually Jupiter. That's my what main you planet. Oh, so my main nice. energy and planet for Vedic astrology is Jupiter. Well, no wonder why you're in this sign of work. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love Jupiter. And I, actually for those that are listening to it in real time, Jupiter is very visible in the sky right now. I've, you can actually look up into the sky and see it. And I was, I, at first I thought it was Venus cause I was used to Venus being so right. prevalent in the sky, but it's Jupiter. I used my little app. I was in Portugal and I saw it. I was on my roof in New York city and I saw it. So anyone that's into, um, Jupiter energy. I have a feeling if you're if you live in an area where you can see Jupiter in the sky, it's great to work on on that luck and prosperity and expansion energy. So yay, Citrine sisters, I love that. Yeah. Um, I have I have a one a couple more questions for you actually. Do you how do you mind? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's um because I just the Citrine sisters made me think about um it seems like you market yourself and work with specifically femme identifying people um is that true and I'm wondering uh why like is there something about working with women that lights you up in a different way? I think in the beginning my coach told me to pick a niche and woman okay. there was a lot of women who have asked me for um, you know advice and manifesting I didn't think I I didn't have any men come to me asking for manifestation advice so sure. I just so that's what I picked uh, but now I'm you know we're we're really diving into spirituality with my business partner Alex and the galactic we have a deck coming out for the galactic star and uh, oh. so and we are working with a lot of men now actually there is a, a lot of heart-centered men in our programs so yeah I'm I'm open to whoever I think that was more of like in the beginning where you know the coach is like pick a niche and I was like okay yeah. I got a lot of women coming to me for help and so that was sure. who I really focused on in the beginning yeah Oh, that's awesome. So tell me about, you, you mentioned a couple projects or that project. So what's, what's coming out for you? What should we be looking for? Oh, geez. Okay. So this year, Tarot of the Owls came out with Llewellyn. Uh, mm -hmm. Steampunk Fairy Tarot's coming out 2025 with Llewellyn. And uh, the Mandarin Tree, which is an Asian magic book that I co-wrote with my friend, Samantha, who's also Taiwanese, uh, that's coming out in 2024. Uh, what else? I think I have a money magic book coming out later. And with Hay House, Alex and I have Galactic Star Tarot. So this is for like star seeds, if you know, like Syrians, Arcturians, all of that. She's really like the galactic priestess. And ever since I've been partnering up with her, we've been on like this. I've been learning so much and it's just like expanded my magic and my spiritual path. And so that's coming out 2025 with Hay House. And that was something we manifested because we won the, t like we won the contest. And so that was Oh, tell, wait, cool. what, what contest? Can you tell you more so about they, that? Yeah, they have like a writer's group that they ran 
and um, Alex was in it. And so I, I did submit this to Llewellyn first because they're my first publisher, but they didn't understand what aliens, you know, star beings, aliens, star seeds. They didn't understand what it was. It's different. And so yeah. I'm like, oh, what do we do? And then she's like, I'm in this group. And I was like, let's submit it. And so there's like over maybe 1200 people in the group and we submit it. And we just saw like, you have to submit a video. And we just saw every week it was like being open. We're like, I think we're in the finals. And then finally, um, like the last week, the CEO called Alex and we're like, you guys won. And we're like, yes. So that was really cool. That was really fun. So, um, yeah, that's, that's very cool because the interdimensional beings kind of like that kind of thing is still a little fringe, but I think it's really cool. I think, and it's, I think that, um, the concept that we are part of a more galactic community and maybe we've not, we've had off planet, you know, incarnations, it's a little, I, I think it's really cool. And I'm I'm very it makes me hopeful to see that something like that is going to be pushed out there because the only people I know that talk about that stuff are these like real fringe YouTubers sometimes that get like shut down every week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I mean that's cool. Yeah, we're not we're not so much in conspiracy, but more of how that is part of our purpose, our mission, and our spiritual path. So right. we, we we have a karmic contract with Earth. Obviously, we have a karmic contract with our galaxy. And so if you can see, you know, we were incarnated, some of us, not everybody, from other planets. And if you can see your karmas from there, then you can resolve it here. And some of the challenges just goes away. So that's like the main yeah. Yeah, that's the main purpose. It's not, and we do, and we did, we did have a, we did have a retreat where we made um, contact. So we did like, um, we chanted, like we we have a protocol that we use for contact. And then we went out in the middle of the woods and then we saw this light. Like it was really cool. Everyone was like, oh. <laughs> Girl, same, same. Okay, I'm going to share. We did not know this was going to go like this way. So, but I was, um, it was, summer solstice two years ago and I was in Sedona with my kundalini group and we went out at night and we were chanting and meditating and we legit saw a UFO and it was just it was like this light that was like do 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 and it was not yeah yeah it was not I mean it was no way that it was an airplane or a star the way that the movement was and we all saw it together and we're like like it happened um and it was not scary to me. It was no. oddly comforting in, yeah. in a way. And um, yes. Oh, I'm, I am so thrilled that some of the stuff, and yeah, I didn't mean to say that you were on the conspiracy side, but even people that sometimes yeah. talk about like right. these sort of off world, I call them off world, like off world lifetimes. It's, it's not necessarily folded in so much into like the new age self-help right. uh, category yet. So maybe you're blazing the trail with, with that. You know, and I do remember back when I was trying to do my business and everybody was like, magic is weird. Magic is scary. Don't teach magic. And I believe them and I didn't. And so now that we're here, I'm like, I'm not doing it again. I'm going to, this is what, you know, we're here for unity consciousness. Like we are one, everyone, everything is one. We are one. And so that's what we want to help like the planet ascend. Ah, so cool. I am so glad that we had this conversation. Yes. So um, we learned about all your projects just before we 
uh, head out of here, where can people find you? Yeah. So uh, all of my programs, all of my works is on Pamela Unicorn on Instagram. Really easy. All you have to do is go to that page. So everybody go give her a follow. Uh, You'll learn so much. And you just have, like I said, like a really light, like uh, magnetic energy. And I think, you know, following people like you is a good thing to do and filling your feed with people that are geared towards high vibe, self-improvement, um, abundance, like lifting other people up. So we need more people like, like you on people's uh, feeds. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of Moonday Mystic. Please uh, tune in next week where you will be listening to the money witch and we'll be having more magical money conversations. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop. Moonday Mystic is hosted and created by Kelly Knight, produced by Ariel Duncan, and inspired by magical listeners like you.